In Pathways, Level 3 is titled Increasing Knowledge. There are two components, and the bigger part of the project assignments are the speech skills electives. And boy, do we have knowledge for you. Are you interested in public speaking or leadership skills? Then Toastmasters is for you. Welcome to Toastmasters 101 podcast, where we look at Pathways, the education program of Toastmasters International. I'm your host, Kim Cradgy. Toastmasters' reputation was built on public speaking. That's why many of us long-timers have struggled with Pathways. Learning speech skills wasn't postponed until after seven or eight speeches have been completed. Personally, I think it's a bit late to be introducing the speech skills and then making only two of them required. That's a little odd to me. If you're a new member, let me make some recommendations. Don't rush this level. You have 12 or 13 speech projects to pick from. Nothing could be more devastating to a new speaker than to fail to learn important speaking skills, learning vocal variety and the use of language in your voice, body language such as facial expressions, gestures or eye contact, and speechcraft, the techniques of rhetoric and speech writing. Speech techniques are the ways you make your message interesting and your presentation memorable. There's a lot of noise out there in this world, and there are a lot of messages, so you need to stand out, and that's what good techniques will do for you. You can't ignore this, and what's more, you'll find that as you master these techniques, a lot of your stage fright is going to dissipate. Now, it's not going to go away entirely. You'll always have the butterflies in your tummy, and you might have the shakes, but you'll be less focused on them because you'll be using that energy to produce a better presentation. That's why I'm glad Toastmasters has a big variety of speech skills. I just wish they weren't delayed so long in Pathways. So of these projects in Level 3, what do I recommend? If you're new to Toastmasters, and again, this is my personal opinion, there are four that are absolutely required for you to master. But effective body language, understanding vocal variety, using descriptive language, and connect with storytellings, as far as I'm concerned, they're not optional. These are key absolutes to understanding how to be a public speaker. My fear is that somebody who is joining Toastmasters because their boss told them to is that they're going to go straight to the two obvious career projects, using presentation software and make connections through networking and skip the more vital skills that those two projects need as foundation. The sequence of these four speeches is set by you. I think you should probably work on this project that aligns with your worst stage fright skill. Because when I think about it, as you mastered the skill, you're no longer afraid. So, for example, if you have trouble with dry mouth, work on vocal variety first. What does one need to understand in vocal variety? Well, we all know the power of the monotone voice to put us to sleep. But there are some key techniques that should be used and often aren't, like the power of pauses or keys to characterizations. Pauses have way more power than anyone ever suspects. Eliminating filler words and replacing them with pauses is a start in using silence, but there's a lot more you can do with pauses. Now, pauses don't break momentum if you don't let it go on too long. 
they build up emotions for the big payoff. But if you stall and leave a long break where it looks like you're struggling for your next words, uh, then the audience gets impatient or they get embarrassed for you. So take your pauses judiciously and carefully, but use them. There's this classic bit from Jack Benny in the heyday of radio, and I'll put the link in the show notes for today's episode. Jack is mugged, and he's told, your money or your life. Then there's a long, and I mean a really long pause, until the robber says it again, and Jack Benny responds, I'm thinking it over. Now, Jack Benny was a known tightwad in the series, so the long pauses built on the characterization that the audience already understood. In fact, it's reported that the audience began to laugh before Jack even uttered the line, because they knew him. When you're telling a story, especially in a speech, you might want to use voices to characterize each person. That Jack Benny bit that I referred to had the ultimate voice actor in history, Mel Blanc, as the robber. You probably know Mel Blanc as one of over 400 different character voices in radio and movies and cartoons. IMDb.com reports he's got over 1,000 different screen credits. How did he do it? He expanded his vocal variety. Everyone has some range to their voices. It's just a matter of testing it out privately. And I say this as a podcaster, recording your voice to listen to it. Who hasn't had that moment when their mother's voice came out of their mouth or their father's tones in something as common as a greeting or a catchphrase? You can capitalize on those voices. You can make them higher or lower, slower or faster, louder or softer. This is the power of good vocal variety. You've got the audience in front of you, but they have the stage of their imagination in front of you. You're going to build characters that they can see and relate to with just the sound of your voice. There's no way in this podcast I can go into everything you need to know about vocal variety. It's a vast and intricate topic that will take a lifetime to master. My next recommendation has to be effective body language. Now, this is one that we've talked about in the past in a previous episode. It's in level two of some of the pathways. This project covers the basics. How to stand to give a speech. Shoulders back, head up, hands at your side unless you're moving them to make a point. These are all important basics. Body language in a speech, however, conveys a lot more. It shows your self-confidence and your belief in your message. Think about it. Even onstage comedians have their way of how they do things. How do they stand? How do they hold a microphone? Where and how do they move during their presentations? Onstage movement can be problematic. Depends on your location. Politicians and those who are using teleprompters may not be able to move from behind the lectern. But if you're in Toastmasters for long, you're going to hear an evaluation that encourages the speaker to get out get out from behind the lectern, and start moving into the audience. Why do we say that? Because the lectern physically separates you from the audience. Now, granted, you might want that. If you've got knocking knees or quivering hands, a lectern hides from the audience, and that's a positive thing. 
but ultimately we want to see you move out. Another key factor in effective body language is the use of props. I'm not talking about computer-generated slide presentations here. I'm talking about an actual physical item that you have in your hand or on the stage with you. If you're going to talk about gardening, it's going to be easier to find a picture of a nice tomato plant. But is it better? You have to consider the size of the room and your audience first. There's a lot of value in using physical props because we, as human beings, are sensory creatures. We look at a picture and we're only engaging one sense. When people can smell it, they have another sensory experience to relate to your content. These last two speech projects are about the creation of a presentation. I'm not talking about PowerPoint. This is the creation of your speech from the blank piece of paper and the idea in your mind. Back in level one, we covered the research and present project. This project covered speech creation. And in some ways, using descriptive language is the next step as it's not so much about the writing the speech as it is about developing your content. Now, what's the difference? Speech creation is the essential action of putting together a presentation. It covers the introduction, the body, the conclusion, it organizes your content, and it manages your transitions. Content development takes that work and it polishes it up. It makes the speech shiny and pretty. How does it do that? It works on the language that you're going to use and how you convey it. Content development makes a speech a public relations presentation or a technical brief. They're not the same things at all. Content development considers the audience and the message together. This isn't optional. If you want to be a great speaker, you have to master the language to tell your story. Using techniques like figurative language, alliteration, and metaphors bring your speech up to a higher, better level for you to tell your story. My fourth recommendation is connect with storytelling. Without a doubt, you have to be able to tell your story well to be a good public speaker. Storytelling, when done well, it makes a friend of your audience. Look, we've all got stories. No one has an event-free life. I might even say that no one has an event-free day. When we're able to share those stories, our audience learns to like and trust us. Ultimately, that's what we want. So our message will have an impact on our audience. How do we do that? We use vocal variety. We use body language. We use descriptive language. And we connect with the audience by storytelling. None of these are used alone. When you watch other Toastmasters give speeches, you're going to see them learn and experiment with things. And you're going to do the same. Every Toastmaster puts together in their own unique way What makes their style different from everybody else's? We're going to copy them. We're going to improve on them. And we're going to learn not to do that thing. Whatever that thing was, we'll know never to try it. Toastmasters, it's a place to try out new ideas and incorporate, literally to make flesh, our stories and our messages. The essential speech techniques that you learn from these four projects are vital They're not optional. Anyone can get up on a stage and talk. Is a speech something more? Yes, it is. 
when good techniques are involved. It's like pie. Whatever the filling, crust is what makes a pie. Pie crust really isn't an art. It's simply an understanding of the proportions and the method of mixing and how to roll it out. A speech is exactly that. It's a pie. You've got crust on the top and crust on the bottom. Your introduction is your top crust. It's what entices the audience to come listen and hear your message. The bottom crust binds with the top like a good conclusion. And in the middle is your content. That luscious filling. I'm hungry. Next week, we'll talk more about the level three electives. These are going to build on the four essential speech skills that I talked about today. Thanks for listening to the Toastmasters 101 podcast. You can subscribe using your favorite podcast player or by going to our website subscription page, toastmasters101.net slash subscribe. Tell your fellow Toastmasters about our podcast. Use it to inform people about what they can expect and how the Pathways program works. If you've got a specific question about anything we've covered, ask, and I'll try to answer it. Our music today, as always, is from Incompetech.com. Toastmasters 101 podcast is a podcast production of Toastmasters District 10.